right, you are listening to the Forefront Radio. We are going to make a phone call to Sister Hannah. Shalom, shalom, shalom. Welcome to the Forefront Radio. Welcome to the Forefront Radio, ladies and gentlemen. I'm your host, Afio Levi Israel. At this time, we have a wonderful guest by the name of Sister Lana. She's going to give us some Black history according to the state, area, and country of Canada. Lana Tolbert. She's a prolific business person, and we appreciate her joining on. Join on in. Miss Lana, how are you doing today? I'm doing well. And you, my brother? I'm doing phenomenal. Can't complain. Can't complain. I'm hailing now from the continent of Africa, calling Canada just so we could have this interview. So I'm super excited. <laughs> So, uh, so let me ask you, give us some of your experience and your knowledge, break it down for us, school us here on some of the history of Canada that not many people are aware of. Please do share. Okay, I will say this. I was born in 1945 uh, in the home I now own. Canada wasn't as pretty as people would make you believe that it was or is. It's a place well, yeah, they give us some kind of freedom, but unless all people are free, no. And Canada has always purported that it's from states, which it did. We had our emancipation probably 30 years before uh, the United States had theirs. There was a man by the name of William Wilberforce who went 18 times to the British Parliament to get emancipation for all the um, people that were in the British colonies. And that was anywhere in the world. Great Britain owned a lot of colonies. And, you know, there was a 13 colonies from the United States. There was Canada, uh, Japan. Oh, they owned everything. And, and um, we were one of the first groups to get the uh, abolition of slavery. And that was in 1833, uh, August 1st, which is now been, uh deemed a holiday, but not a paid holiday, uh, just recognition of August 1st being emancipation day. So you're saying 30 years prior to the United States abolishing slavery, where United States is claiming to be the bastion of freedom, Canada already did that in the 1830s, is that correct? Absolutely correct. Wow. <laughs> yeah, I know it, it's mind boggling. And we don't teach our history. Our, our history's never been taught. We're doing history more so now than we ever have Black history. And we're having people now. Black history. I want it to be connected. That's what it is. We are part of the even though states 
we had a so-called States is like a cold. Openly, you can see they have runny eyes, their nose runs, they cough. And Canada has a slow-moving cancer. Don't see it. You don't know it's there until it's in stage four. That's how I describe Canada's freedom. We do not have representation. Uh, I feel that there are more people, uh, Black people, or African or Caribbean, however you want to call them, brown people. There are more people now in the Canada than there has ever been, and we do not have representation. We have few councillors, very few mayors in major cities. If in any of the cities we have black mayors, um, go to our parliament. We don't have much representation there. And that's just the name of the game. They have not allowed us to be uh, makers of, of uh, what can I say, maker uh, of the law. When laws change, we have nothing to do with it, except for our vote. But we do not make the law. From what Canada I Canada is a different place. No, no, go ahead. From from what I was told, I was told that the first place was Nova Scotia. The particular area you live in, what what is it called and what is the history of slavery there? Okay, I'm in Windsor, Ontario, across from Detroit, Michigan. And I believe we are the closest between uh, the, the, the closest point in Canada to the United States would be Point Pelee, and that's uh, probably about 40 kilometers from us. The Detroit River. That's the closest. So when people, uh, when they left the United Nine times out of 10, they would come across midnight. That was one of the midnight. Blacks, because there were blacks that lived here in Canada, that lived in this called uh, Canada West, which is Ontario, which is today Ontario. But back in the day, back in the 1800s, it was called Canada West. I see. You mentioned that abolition of enslavement started in 1830, um, and that's when the period ended the enslavement. Could you tell us about some of the uh, strives that our ancestors had fighting for freedom in Canada and what led up to that abolition, if you're familiar with that history. Okay, okay. 1833 was the, the, the date. August 1st, 1833 was the abolition of, of, of slavery here in Canada. Now, there was a man by the name of John Grade Simcoe who was a lieutenant and uh, he strived for the 
um, advancement of emancipation, except for the fact he owns slaves. See, how can you be an abolitionist and own slaves? In one hand, you're an abolitionist, and in the other hand, you own slaves. There's something wrong with that picture. In Nova Scotia, there was a, a group of people that were promised that when they left the United States, these were people that they had no control. They couldn't make them work on the plantations. They were just, they were just people that weren't going to do what they were told. They were promised that they would go send them back to Africa. So they took them up the eastern coast of the United States, and where they dropped them was in Nova Scotia. That's where they were dropped. And a lot of them were called Maroons. And you know about the Maroons. They were fearless people. They didn't play games. Um, and to this day, they don't. They're called mountain people because they lived up in the mountains, the Maroons. But they were well known in Nova Scotia. Uh, I could give you a little history on Nova Scotia. Nova Scotia was a at Africville. Uh, Africville lived because the majority of the people were from Africa. Today there is no Africville. Today they have. Um, No longer wanted people um, to be in a different area of the same. Lining is keeping you in a, an area. Uh, after a while, they people become suspicious. If we keep stronger. For the people. Um, I'm Canadian. They'll say, Are you sure? My mother was or my father was born. We're Canadians, and my grandparents and great-grandparents. Um, I know where my great-grand, my great-grandmother, her name was Anna Lucy Crump. Uh, she was born here in Canada in the 1800s, in early 1800s. She married my, uh, she had a daughter named Ethel, and uh, she married a man by the name of Charles West. And Charles West was from Virginia. So I know my history a bit, <laughs> and I'm just now finding out that my great paternal, no maternal great grandmother was from the Choctaw tribe. This is where a lot of blackness, we become ingrained within the indigenous people, and now we have a lot of cross-cultured children. They call themselves the brown people. And the 
across cultures, meaning it could be black and white, it could be Chinese and black, it could be Asian and black, it could be anything that two different cultures cross. That's some good history to know. Bear with me because my internet signal is going in and out. I appreciate you sharing some of the background of your family uh, being Choctaw as well as Black. That's amazing information. And and you mentioned that it, it was, um, from what I'm understanding, based on what you mentioned earlier, the lack of re representation is still going on to this day. So my question for you is, with all the strives to end slavery, in uh, Canada, why is it that our people are still, you know, suffering and still dealing with many of the negative effects or impact of uh, slavery and oppression? Well, colonialism, they have not stopped. You know, it's amazing. I have a, a doctor, Tim Walker, through uh, the sea and how many different ports there were in uh, Massachusetts where the enslaved people worked the boats and they took groups of people to camp. were so many black people not ed education no anything book learning or just being streetwise they they call it streetwise we were to understand and respect our elders, uh, our griots, as they told stories. That was how our history was brought to us. We were never allowed to have any Black books in our schools. To this day, we are fighting today, the Board of Education, to bring back, to bring into the schools Black knowledge because there if you thought canada was free and if you thought canada was everything there's no knowledge here because they've never allowed us to do they they call our history oh it's just one man's word to another man well you know what if you're telling my story history if you don't don't hear my side of the story that history is not history it's just that man's story they'll call it story or her story and then you know what i always say there's his story her story and then the truth and if you don't get the truth his story and her story to me do not matter because i've never been included in anything that they've done they don't teach Blackness. United States, that's what I could say about the United States. 
they have, have representation. They may have gone through hell, and I know that they have, but I'll tell you one thing. They have representation in the state, at the White House. We've, when will we ever have a Black prime minister? Maybe 50 years from now, we don't, we're not cut that place. We're so docile. We have allowed everything that they've given us to take on ourselves. We no longer are going to do that. We're starting to fight back. Well, I'm certainly happy to hear that you are uh, fighting for the freedom of the people and fighting for acknowledgement of the different things that have happened in history. And that's remarkable because so many people aren't aware of the history of Canada, let alone if there are many of our people there that are the descendants of the slave trade. Um, now, on our particular podcast, this is something that interests me because I love talking about the history of the slave trade, emancipation, and various things that impact our communities. Uh, what motivation would you give for those that wanted to travel to Canada and and kind of uh, learn about that history? Are there any resources, museums, uh, libraries that have that type of information that you're talking about, like Black History of Canada? Well, you know what? Uh, put it this way. Here at Sandwich First Baptist Church, we are the oldest church in Canada still having Sunday service. Uh, we are 203 years in existence. We have a great story working on building a underground railroad museum. And uh, if you come any this church in Windsor, Ontario, we are on the map. to Buxton, which has a huge museum, uh, which tells the story. They even show uh, um, shackles that were people together. They have uh, the ring that was around their neck so that they could not covers their mouth so that they could no longer speak. Uh, they have that at that, that museum. And I hope that once our museum is built, that kind of show so that people will know what we went through in order to do to get here today. Now, uh, in Dresden, they speak of Uncle Tom. Well, because Uncle Tom had such a negative no notation, they had taken Uncle Tom and changed it to Reverend Josiah Henson Museum. Because as I've done bus tours, a lot of people from the United States did not want to visit Uncle Tom's cabin. Uh, then you can go further, like into Montreal. Uh, then you can go, then you go to the East Coast, especially Nova Scotia, and you'll find all sorts of different things. Uh, Lawrence Hill wrote a book called Book of Negroes, 
And he went to Nova Scotia to the library to uh, find out more information. Because he arrived there close to 6 p.m., closing time, the people told him, well, you come back in the morning and we will open. Well, the morning came and all you could hear were fire engines. They burnt the library down. All the information that he wanted to get was burnt to the ground. That's because people did not want the knowledge of what had happened in Nova Scotia to be known. Now, one other thing, Viola Desmond was a woman, and we call her our Rosa Parks. Now, Rosa Parks, we all know mother of the civil rights movement. Well, Viola Desmond went into a theater because she was going to get her hair done. And she had a little tired, so she said, oh, I'll go watch the movie. Well, in Nova Scotia, they wanted her to go up into the balcony because that's where the Black people were to sit. She refused to go and she sat down because she knew that she wouldn't watch the whole movie. From there, they called, asked her to go back upstairs to go to the balcony, and she refused. They called the police. She was fined and spent third days in jail. She is now representative represented on our $10 bill as our Rosa Parks. I think the United States has yet to put a Black person on their money, unless they talk about Abraham Lincoln on the brown penny. Right. <laughs> wow. <laughs> That's definitely fascinating information in regards to the Canadian Rosa Parks. I love it. I love it. I love it. I love it. Thank you for sharing that with me. Um, what hope do can we provide for our people in regards to learning this history and embracing it? Because the the one of the challenges I see is that a lot of our uh, younger generation have a lack of interest in history. They think it's so sad and they think it's something that they should ignore, but in reality, the, these certain atrocities that we face prove that we are literally the people of God. You understand? The, the, the Bible talks about the lost tribes of Israel, and how did they get lost? They got lost through slavery, you know? And exactly. I find it interesting that, you know, there's a rediscovery of our history but for some of the youth, there's a lack of interest. What do you think could be a motivating factor for the youth to have an interest in our history? Well, I, I think, like, number one, let's show that we inventors, number one. Let's show the people what we invented, how smart we really are. Uh, let's show the people the traffic light, Garrett Morgan. The gas mask, Eric Morgan, Jan Matslinger, who put the late, uh, put the late so that you could put the top of the shoe, sew it to the bottom, uh, the sole of the shoe. The al almanac with, um, oh my God, his name just escaped me. But then we had Elijah McCoy with the lubricating cup, uh, who also did the, um, 
water sprinkler and the ironing board that no one uses anymore. So that shows you how backwards sometimes we become. Uh, Elias Howe, who did the sewing machine, not Singer. Everybody knows about the Singer sewing machine. Well, let's go back in history. And these, I'm just touching on a few. And then the, the filament that lit up the light bulb, not Thomas Edison, but uh, Lewis Howard Latimer. That's the one who did the invention of the, uh, the filament on the light bulb. Let's show our kids that we do have history. We do have background. We do have knowledge. We do. We are intelligent. We are so intelligent that even when we came to this continent, to North America, we came without the, the, the knowledge of the language. And yet we have survived. There's a spirit that lives deep, deep, deep within us that will not be quenched. And no one can quench that spirit except for we give it up. You can't quench it. You give it up. Don't give up who you are. Don't give up who God created you to be. There is so much we, we can do to, do to make our kids feel important. We have to let them know, first off, we love them. We love them. And we want, we want their generation to be better than what we had. And unless we, the people, the older generation, start standing up for our youth, they're going to think, well, they don't care. Why should I care? Educate them. We need to have school after school and teach Black history so that our kids know that we came from somewhere. Look at the stuff that I have found in Africa, the Ethiopians, uh, what's his name, Musa Mansa, Mansa Musa, all this. I never knew that when I was a youth. I never heard of that. And so now I'm like, I can't get enough of it. <laughs> and this is what we have to do. Just like the Jewish people, they have school after school. And guess what? We have to do the same. Teach our children who they actually are. And there's no shame in being a slave. Because if you were a slave or if you came from slavery and look where you're at now, hmm, there's no stopping you where you can go. I think of hidden figures. Did you know all of that? Not until the movie come up. How many other stories are there out there? They refuse to let us know about. We have to educate our own. We cannot wait for somebody else to educate us. Very insightful, very insightful. Thank you so much for that motivation. And I'm sure the listeners are gonna love that when, when they hear this episode. So um, we're getting to the 30 minute marker. We appreciate everything that you shared with us. Uh, do you have any closing remarks as to what you would like to share? And if anybody wanted to reach out to you, do you have an email or contact information for them to reach out and gain more history information? Oh, absolutely. They can, like my email is my name, L-A-N-A 
dot e dot t a l b o t at gmail.com. I'm an artist and I paint blackness. I paint slavery and it's not pretty. I make one of a kind dolls. They're black dolls. They're beautiful. Some topsy turvy. I have one where one is the master's child where you turn it one way and you turn it upside down and it's the slave girl. I love my people. Much appreciated. Thank you for listening to the Forefront Radio, ladies and gentlemen. Feel free to reach out to Miss Lana about Black History According to Canada. And if you have any questions, feel free to reach out to her and contact her via email. Thank you so much for participating on this podcast episode. Find us on Spotify, iHeartRadio, and many other platforms.